Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study, which is called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me today in the book of James, chapter 5. And let's go down to verse 16. Let's talk about prayer power today. And the Holy Spirit really wants you to move in power in your prayer life. Praise God. I want to share some very simple things with you that will help unlock your potential in prayer to touch the heart of God and to see amazing answers to your prayer request. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word today that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures and that the eyes of our understanding would see clearly your principles and that we can take them and work them in Jesus' name. Now, Father, release grace for every hearer to step into prayer power in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And we all agree and say amen. James chapter 5, verse 16, uh, it's going to lead into the subject of prayer, but it covers uh, a few other things first about forgiveness and having your, your love walk right with God and with others. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, uh, for one another that you may be healed. Now, it says, confess your trespasses to one another. That doesn't mean that you need to go confessing your sins to just anybody or to everyone that's out there. That's not what it means. This actually says confess your trespasses. Now, this is the type of a sin where you have trespassed. In the natural, when it comes to trespassing, if you go on somebody else's property without their permission, you have trespassed on that on their property, and that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. So the sin of trespass basically means this is a sin in which you have harmed or hurt someone else. And so when it's a trespass sin, then you need to go to that person and ask for forgiveness. So confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Praise God. There are definitely some things you would not want to confess to people, but there are certain sins where we do need to make things right, if in the sense it's something where we've hurt somebody else or we've trespassed against them. So you have to balance that area of confession, or sometimes people share things that they shouldn't uh, share, and then it ends up actually causing more grief and more hurt than help. Praise God. We want to do the right thing, and we want to walk in wisdom, and that includes properly interpreting the Scriptures and not just taking it as some kind of blank statement like, oh, this is what we should do for every case. No, it's, it's detailed according to what the Lord meant through the various words that are used, such as the word trespass. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, so let's now jump into the subject of prayer. Once you are in a place where your conscience is good, you know, you're not harboring ill will or unforgiveness to, towards somebody. You have asked God to forgive you of your sins, and you have forgiven anybody that would have sinned against you. Now you're in a place to really release some prayer power. Praise God. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
Now, we are righteous because we are in Christ. It is possible to be the righteousness of God in Christ, and yet at the same time, you know, live a Christian life that could be pretty low. So just because you have right standing with God through Christ, and therefore you are righteous, that doesn't necessarily make a person a, a, a holy saint, praise God. Uh, you know, the word righteousness is something that is imputed to us because we are in Christ. It's the same way with being a saint. The moment you become a Christian, you are technically, according to New Testament theology, you are a saint. But just because you are righteous, just because you're a saint, doesn't necessarily mean that you're living a holy life. And so there are areas that God wants us to mature in. There are some areas where it's just imputed to us because of what Jesus did at Calvary. There's other things that God looks at us and wants us to develop. I like the classic statement that Dr. Billy Graham made year back, um, years back. He said, God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He loves you, and in Christ you're righteous, in Christ you're a saint, but He also wants you to develop the Christ-like character in your life so that you can come into the full stature of a believer in Christ Jesus. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, so what we have to do here is we have to take the words effective and fervent and combine them together because in the Greek it's translated as one word, and it is the word energeo. Uh, you're probably thinking, that sounds familiar, Pastor Stephen. This is the same English word that has been used to, or the same Greek word, where the English has now been applied to describe what we know as energy. So this is the word energeo. In the Greek, it literally means to put forth power. Okay? So, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The type of prayer from you as a believer that gets a lot accomplished is the type of prayer where you are putting forth power. You need to understand there's different types of prayer, also different types of, um, maybe we could use the word mood, where you have a different mood with God. Sometimes it's just kick back, relax, drink coffee, talk to the Lord, talk to Him about your day, maybe talk to the Lord about your dreams, your plans. But there's other times where this is not like, like chat time. This is more like go to war time. And there, there are scriptures that identify the Lord as the captain of the angelic armies. Uh, there's scripture that identifies that the Lord is the Lord God of war. And so we need to also understand that Jesus is the warrior king. Woo, praise the Lord. And there's times where you just need to go in the prayer, and uh, this is not like latte drinking time. This is like, we're going to go to work, and we're going to go to war, praise God. Not that you're at war against God or somebody or something like that. It's just a mentality of like, I've come here to pray, not to mess around and not to just, you know, like goof off. I'm here to pray. There, there is energy that is going to be put forth here, and when I'm done praying, I will have expended some energy. You know, my background was when I was in high school, I got plugged into track and field and started running and, you know, moved over into the distance events, one mile, two mile in high school, and then in college, you know, 1,500 meters, 5,000 meters, 10,000, and so forth. And so, you know, running a lot, doing a lot of miles, burning a lot of calories, expending a lot of energy. Uh, 
But I had some friends of mine that uh, they were, weren't really in the running, but they would, uh, they just like swimming. And they said, hey, Stephen, come swim with us sometime and hang out with us while we swim. Well, I went to the pool, you know, as a runner that was in good shape. And I went to the pool and swam for about 30 minutes. When I, when I was done swimming for 30 minutes, which is more of a whole body exercise, wow, I felt like I had burned three times the calories I'd ever burned in running. Uh, there was something about swimming that when I was done, I, I was so hungry. I was like, wow, I, I feel like I just go eat, like I'd wipe out a buffet table. What had happened? Well, I had exerted a lot of energy swimming back and forth those laps in the pool. Never really became a swimmer. That wasn't my thing. But I did realize, wow, there's a lot of energy dispensed when you are swimming. My friends, when you are praying, you're going to have to start kicking it up a gear and realize that prayer time is not always like, ooh, ooh, God, I love you, ooh. No, there's other times prayer is all out, intense, very, very powerful exertion. Yes, you can get loud. Yes, you can pray long. And yes, you can pray strong. And there's times when you're done, you're not going to need to go to the gym. You, you wouldn't want to go to the gym. Hallelujah. And um, I've been privileged to have some other minister friends in my life that, you know what, when they pray, I've seen, I've seen them like come in the meetings before soaked, their entire clothes soaked. And it doesn't have anything to do with maybe somebody didn't turn on the air conditioner. It had everything to do with they just came out of an intense time in prayer. And now they're ready to minister. And um, you know, I'm not saying you have to break a sweat. But at the same time, there's certainly nothing wrong with that, because if you exercise, you'll reach a point where God, who created your sweat glands, those sweat glands will begin to do what they're supposed to do, and you can perspire, praise the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever sweated in prayer? Maybe you're thinking, mm, Pastor Stephen, I'm glad you're talking to me behind the camera, because I wouldn't want you to see that I, I can't raise my hand on that one. Well, there's a place in prayer where even if the air conditioner is turned down to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, I tell you what, you can just pray and pray. You'll start sweating. You can really begin to get some heat. And that is what is going on here with this term effective and fervent, which in the Greek is the word energeo, and it means to put forth power. There is effort exerted. Praise the Lord. There are going to be some calories burned. Hallelujah. Let's talk about it today. Let's go to the gospel of Luke chapter 22. You'll be familiar with this verse. We've studied this one before. It says in verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Now what you're seeing right there is the Lord is actually shifting gears. He was praying earnestly before. What is he doing now? Now he is praying more earnestly. I feel in my heart that the Holy Spirit is impressing me to say that many of you need to shift gears. You have been too polite in your prayer time. Not, not, not that you're trying to be rude to God, but you've been, you've been too, um, a little too mild. Hallelujah. You, you need to start eating some hot 
uh, peppers. I, maybe, maybe you think jalapeno is the hottest one, is there? Uh, I, I'm not saying skip to the uh, ghost habanero, or you know, uh, I think one of the uh, the Carolina Reaper, which came out of North Carolina, considered to be uh, probably the hottest. Um, you know, pepper in the world, woo, which leaves jalapenos in the dust. You have to understand there's a different level, and it's a different level of heat. And I believe that you need to shift gears, do what the Lord Jesus did, because you're at a point right now where it's requiring it. Hallelujah. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. You've got a different level in prayer you can go to. You have a different gear that you have not yet reached. Now shift into that in your next prayer time and just break loose and pray hard and strong like you've never done it before. He prayed more earnestly. Now watch the realm he came into. Then his sweat. Oh, praise God. He was sweating. Let Jesus be your role model in prayer. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that perhaps others haven't set good models and there are those who certainly have. One of the ways I got pulled into a flow of prayer was by a college friend who said, hey, Stephen, you want to pray with me? I said, well, sure, yeah, that must be fun. I, you know, and I, I was like the five-minute prayer guy. Well, when I got connected with his friendship and got pulled in with him into this walk of prayer, uh, I started going into realms of prayer I never knew even existed. I didn't know that was in many ways considered perhaps still like uh, amateur level, but it was way beyond anything I'd ever experienced before. And was really, you know, set a high bar I mean, for a college student, praise the Lord. But my friends, Jesus, he prayed so hard, he was sweating. I, I realize he's outside. I realize that air conditioner uh, systems were not yet on the scene, but still, you have to admit, he was really praying. It could have been cold that night. Wouldn't be surprised if it was. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Pray till you sweat. And if the Holy Spirit takes you beyond that, he'll help you even in that area as well. Jesus pushed it to the maximum limit. Hallelujah. Get ready to shift gears and pray. You're going to break through into the glory. You're to see God the Father answer your prayers in the most remarkable, the most amazing ways. Praise God. You need to stir yourself up to step into this. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7. And there is no one who calls on your name who stirs himself up to take hold of you. Well, let's just throw the ladies in there too, who stirs himself or who stirs herself up to take hold of God. There's, there's a place sometimes where you do feel like praying. Sometimes your soul is happy and your soul is uh, ready to get in agreement with your spirit. But there's other times your soul wants to watch TV and your body would certainly agree with that. And there's maybe all kinds of recreation and other options of things you could do. And maybe it's just not into the prayer mode. But this is where in your spirit, you stir yourself up and you say, I need to pray. I must pray. I'm going to pray right now. And you want, you want to bring your life into that place where Dr. Cho, who was the pastor of the Yoido Full Gospel Church there in Seoul, Korea, which became the largest church in the world, he came to a place where he said, if you really want to move into a walk with God like that of prayer, you have to structure your whole life around your prayer time. You cannot structure your prayer time around everything else because stuff will always bump your prayer time out of the way. So you have to, you have 
to structure your entire way of living around your prayer life. Are you doing that? Or does prayer come way down the line, second, third, fourth, or fifth? Or maybe you don't even pray daily. Maybe you don't even pray weekly. Okay, if you really want to get into the glory of strong walk with God and see the blessings of God work in your life in an unparalleled way, you need to, you need to make prayer a priority, not secondary. You, it needs to be number one in your life. Woo! Praise you, Lord Jesus. You know, we are, we are losing the revelation and the reality of the hour of prayer, because a lot of, a lot of the old-time Pentecostals are passing off the scene. Many of the churches that used to be charismatic or Pentecostal where tongues and other things were celebrated, uh, the second generation and third generation of those churches are now on the scene today, and you can't even tell if they're spirit-filled. Uh, the healing's not talked about. Uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with, with speaking in tongues is never mentioned. And also you're seeing these churches go into a flow where there's no prayer meetings, there's no prayer meetings. And so what is happening is people are forgetting how to pray. They don't have godly leaders and examples to show them. And so their lives are becoming lives of, of prayerlessness. But my friends, we want to walk close to the Lord because the Lord's up to amazing things. He's releasing miracles, signs and wonders and the glory and the glory manifested in all different types of ways. So we're staying on the surfboard for the great tsunami of, of glory that's coming and is already breaking through, already can be touching you right now. Hallelujah. But you really need to really push it in prayer and stir yourself up. Take a hold of yourself and say, I'm not going to slip in this. This is the most important area of my life life. Take a hold of yourself and say, what have I been doing? Ah, watch out for spiritual sleepiness. Watch out for spiritual apathy can be all around you. Don't let it get on you. Hallelujah. Or you begin to lay down and go to sleep. Get up. Hallelujah. Take a hold of yourself and begin to pray. Oh, not just always to little bitty smooth, soft prayers. There's a place for that. But I'm talking about the raging, burning, white hot infernal prayer where your spirit burns because of the presence of God within you, because of the spirit of God within you. And you take hold of yourself and you pray, and you get lit on fire by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what I'm talking about. And you walk in ongoing miracles. And you also walk in victory, because Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. That's one of the reasons so many believers get themselves into trouble, because they're not praying, and they walk in the things and get into trouble. And God never intended them for, to go down that path. You need to pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. If, if nobody else is going to do it, you need to do it. Don't wait for others around you to somehow like motivate you. You have to motivate yourself out of your own heart, out of your own inner being and say, I rise today. Hallelujah. And reestablish the priority of God in my life. And when you do, you start going up up, up. It's amazing how fast your life will turn when you turn to the Lord in fervent prayer. I'm talking about being fervent. That's the focus today. Not just kind of like, you know, easy daisy, easy, you know, real smooth. There's a place for that, but I'm talking about hot heat. Glory to God. Those are the kind of prayers that take you into the miraculous where you do things like Elijah, where you can pray and and ask God that it not rain, and God honors your prayer and locks up the, the heavens, and it doesn't rain for three and a half years. 
I mean, they could have taken airplanes up there and cloud seeded the sky. It's, nothing's going to happen. There, there's nothing that was going to make that uh, those clouds rain because it was locked up by God who had endorsed the prayer of his servant. Praise God. And then later, of course, Elijah prays again and really goes before the Lord with fervent prayer and boom, unlocks it and it rains. So it's that heavy, fervent prayer that will take you over into a place where miracles, you see, you start getting into that realm of prayer, miracles, you can grab it. You can grab it. It seems doable. But if you don't really push in prayer, it'll just, it'll just seem like stories that are related to some archaic age and you just think why well, this stuff doesn't happen anymore well it does well, amongst those who are lit on fire for God we're seeing these things on a regular basis but you need to be pulling it into your own life so stir yourself up right now and get your prayer time on your calendar beginning the next time the sun comes up or if you can't wait start tonight Hallelujah. You'll certainly sleep really well after that. Genesis chapter 32. Let us drop down to verse 26. Praise God. Let's go to 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. He touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Well, if your hip is out of joint, you can't push. I know if he's trying to do a little bit of martial arts there, maybe a little Krav Maga, Israeli self-defense against this uh, this God-man that he's wrestling with. Many theologians believe this is a theophany. Hallelujah. Well, if that socket, you, you can't kick, and I'm not saying this is like kicking, fighting. This is more wrestling, but you have no leverage because you can't, you can't get those strong muscles uh, to do anything, and so you can't push off, and so you don't have that leverage. Well, let's find out what happens. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him, and he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's the, that's, that is the fervent prayer. Demonstrated through the symbolism of wrestling. Wrestling is quite fatiguing. It's a different sport, because you're, you're incorporating many, many muscles from many different angles and movements that you don't often use unless you just happen to wrestle on a regular basis. And so again, this is the energy, the inner jail, the, the putting forth of power to try to prevail. And I tell you what, don't you know, he must have been soaked with sweat by the time that sun was coming up in the morning. Wow. And just depleted of energy and literally hanging on, hanging on. And he says, I'm not letting you go. Wow. He got the blessing. You need to be the same way. God will answer your prayer. But my friend, I, I really do believe God wants to see your hunger. And I believe that God wants to see you put forth an effort Hallelujah. I mean, how many times in our lives have we put forth efforts towards carnal things, where we made great efforts to get to the movie on time, where we made great efforts to uh, reach our vacation destination, where we made tremendous effort to cheer on our team and fight through weather and sit in freezing temperatures in an outside theater so that we could cheer on our team, and it all meant 
nothing really. Well, how about going to great efforts and push yourself into the courts of heaven through fervent prayer? Hallelujah. Mm, mm. Don't be surprised in these moments of great prayer and intercession that the spirit realm begins to open up. You're not, even, you're not even seeking that or asking that, but you just get so far over in prayer. Oftentimes God begins to put the heavy icing on the cake, and He gives you a lot of, uh, a lot of rewards for your spiritual and natural, even physical efforts. Praise God, because trust me, you'll feel this on your body. If you put a heavy weight workout on your body, and you leave the gym 40 minutes later, you'll feel the effects of that. But you'll feel the effects of prayer, but there's something about it where after exertion, why is it that you feel you great exertion, but why do you feel fresh? How do you explain that? Because of the Holy Spirit. And as you put out, He fills you back up. Ooh, glory to God. It is a divine mystery. Better felt than telt. Ooh, hallelujah. May you experience it. May you experience it yourself. Let's close today with this verse that I think, I think is one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. Something that David slipped into. May you also taste this spiritual experience. May what I'm about to share with you be something that you touch it and you think, this is too good. I really think I'm going to anchor myself into this. Now let me, let me read it to you and uh, unwrap it before you maybe get too excited about it. But I would suggest that it is a realm that you could enter into, that it is something that can be part of your life. Let's talk about it now. We are in Psalm 109. Let us go now to verse 3. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred, and fought against me without a cause. In return for my love they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer. Ooh, wow. Well, obviously he's got some pressure. He has, he has persecution coming against him. He has harsh words that are being crudely expressed against him. He has people that want to do him physical harm. He has many adversaries. And he says, in the midst of these things, he says, I give myself to prayer. Watch. Watch carefully, though, what it really means in the Hebrew. Verse 4, in return for my love, they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer. Look carefully at the verse. Notice that some of the words that are in your Bible, they are in italics. What does it mean that when you see something in italics, what does it mean when you see that? It means it's not there in the original language. We're reading in the Old Testament, so what was original was Hebrew. If you're in the New Testament and you see some italics, it means it's not there in the original Greek. So here in the Hebrew, we have a very unusual statement. The English translators of our Bible tried to add a few words to give the meaning of the statement, a fullness that helps us to understand it from our Western viewpoint. And I think it helps. It doesn't do any harm. But when you know what it really says, it has a real kicker to it. Let's talk about it. 
but I give myself to prayer. The words give and the word myself, they are not there in the original Hebrew. It actually says, but I prayer. Wow. Oh, okay, Pastor Stephen, so it means that David decided to pray. No, that's not what it means in the original language. In Hebrew, it actually says, but I have become prayer. Now, now, I want you to meditate on that. Let that soak into your spirit. He went into a place of prayer and found such refuge and safety and peace in God through an active, energetic prayer life. He said, I'm not coming out of this. And he just, he just uh, gave himself so much to the Lord in prayer. He actually said, I have become prayer. He didn't say, I'm going to go pray again. He didn't say, I'm praying now, and I'll, maybe I'll pray later. He said, I have become prayer. Wow. I mean, all he's thinking about is, when can I get back to the tabernacle? I want to pray again, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a sense praying even right now. That's what the Apostle Paul meant, praying continually. Hallelujah. Now, praying at work or praying in the car will not suffice praying in a private devotional place because you can't really get over into it deeply in the car uh, or you might have a wreck praise the Lord so that inner jail you, you really want to get to a place where you can just let go and pray and you know you're not distracted by something you can just fully dive into it and, and just give yourself to it Praise the Lord. Yes, of course, you can pray while you're in your car, while you're, you know, in the bathtub, or, you know, while you're mowing your lawn if you want to, or even at work, in a sense, if, you know, when you have something that's a job you're very familiar with, and you just kind of use your hands and just, you know, pray in the Spirit, or whatever the case might be. But to really pray fervently, you've got to be able to really focus on it and just boom, dial in 100% with your effort and with your total mental focus. You, every, every part of you is pulled into it. So you don't want to be driving on a, on a windy road. You don't want to be doing an open heart surgery. Uh, that's not the place for that. It's a place for prayer. Hallelujah. And David just got to a place in the Lord. He got so far over in the glory that he said, I have become prayer. Mm. I think Joshua also had a touch of that. He'd see Moses, the man of God, his spiritual mentor, going into the tent of meeting to meet with God. Next thing you know, there goes Joshua. He, he also is just, he, he got addicted to the love of God. He got addicted to, the, to God, and he just wanted to be in the glory, wanted to be in the atmosphere. I believe he got over into a place of heavy prayer also, and he just loved being in the Lord's presence. Praise God. If you want to step into that, the courts of heaven are open right now. Glory to God. I see the redeemed saints walking around, many of the great saints of history past, walking in the, the, in the courts of heaven. These are the people that frequent it. The, they were, when they were on the earth, they were frequenting the courts of heaven through their prayer and their close walk with God. Now that they're in heaven today, they're sti they still walk those areas, and they greet the saints that rise in the Spirit to go before the very throne of God. Hallelujah. There's many angels there, the cherubim, the seraphim. Glory be to God. It's a place where you're supposed to be. That is your inheritance in Christ. Glory to God. Now, may you find that place of fervent prayer. May you find that place where you put forth power. Don't lose Pentecost. 
in a day and age where a lot of the things the old time Pentecostals knew, now I'm not talking about their legalism or their bondage or maybe some of the things they didn't know, but I tell you this, they knew how to pray, praise God, and they got miracle answers to prayer. Don't lose what others paid a great price to get a revelation of. If you want great answers to prayer, you need to pray, and you need to pray strong, fast, and with tremendous output of power. Hallelujah. By the way, you're going to love it. Woo, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. You're going to love it. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that they be inspired by your word and your spirit to meet you on the wrestling mat like Jacob did, to pray, perhaps to pray to a point they even perspire. Perhaps to pray to a point they even wear off their deodorant. Hallelujah. Lord, let them push it. And then Lord, let them, let them be blessed. Glory. Yes. Yes, Lord, let them receive your very best. We thank you that every time they meet you in such prayer, there's always a blessing released and associated with it. Now we give you praise. We thank you. Now, oh God, release grace. We take it. Now say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I prophesy to you that just as Jesus had angels aid him and assist him and help him move into a, a deeper realm of prayer while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I prophesy to you that when you need it, angels will be there for you. Don't, don't quit. Don't go lay down and go to sleep. Pray. And go into that next level. You must have an answer. You must have a breakthrough. Praise God. You'll even sense the angelic presence. Some of you, you'll even see the angels. Praise God. Let's take Holy Communion. Glory to God. We are proclaiming the Lord's death till He comes. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the crucified life. Mm. This is where the joy is at. Uh, Pastor Stephen, it sounds like a lot of work the most rewarding work you will ever engage in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. God's ready to answer your prayers. God's ears are open. It's time to seek His face. Heavenly Father, we ask that You bless, that you bless the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. It's now the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You for Your Word, which gives, it gives guidance as to how we are conduct our Christian way of living. We are to pray with energy. We are to pray with the output of power. Thank You, Father God. Let the wells of the deep open up inside of Your people as we are receiving the body of Jesus. Thank You, Father. Break open the wells of the deep, and let that power be released through Your people in prayer. Thank you, Father. We receive the body of Jesus together now. Amen. Let's partake. Glory to the Lord. Think also of the power that's released. If one can put a thousand to flight, and two can put, not two thousand to flight, ten thousand to flight, mm, the power of prayer, when you get some people together with the same heart, the same faith, and you're on track together, power, 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 power. Mm -mm. You're going to get some amazing things done. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus 
and its soul cleansing power. We receive it now. We give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, when you go onto the wrestling mat to pray, like Jacob, make a commitment. Maybe you just want to say, God, I'm going to give you 20 minutes. Maybe you've only prayed for five minutes. Maybe that's the longest you've ever prayed in your life, and 20 minutes terrifies you. But just have faith and say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to push myself for 20 minutes. And, and give something where you could push yourself to. Okay? Those of you that maybe are comfortable with 20, go for 40. And those of you that are pushing for that, that standard of an hour, reach for that. Jesus said, could you not tarry an hour? Some of you, you need to always set that goal. Go for the hour. Don't, don't, you know, and if you feel like you're 48 minutes, you know, oh, I can't go anymore. Just say, God, I'm so close. Help me. God will help you. Praise God. And then, then something will be established in you. A new level of strength. Praise God. A new level of joy. Praise God. Father, fill your people with your Holy Spirit and bless them as they seek your face. We thank you for all the miracles you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, thanks for watching. I'll see you back 